Hi guys, welcome to the When in Doubt podcast with your girls, Suellen and Naomi, talking about our unfiltered truth on our highs and lows of life from two different perspectives in age, culture and upbringing. Laugh with us, laugh at us and somewhere in between, we hope to motivate and inspire you guys. Hi guys, this is another episode from the When in Doubt podcast with your host Sue Ellen and Naomi. Hi guys. So this week where I'm I'm doing a bit of the introduction, but I'm really gonna let Naomi take the lead with this one because um I I'm I can honestly say I'm not as knowledgeable about this subject matter as much as Naomi. And I don't wanna, you know, be passing judgment or saying anything incorrectly and offending anybody because I really don't know but we are talking about PTSD is that correct yes yes what does that stand for yeah I was just gonna say that (laughs) go post-traumatic stress disorder like what is your take on PTSD well I find it the biggest stresses of my life really (laughs) so it's a personal Um, experience for you yeah um I just wanted to get a little bit of back um um more information detail so like post-traumatic stress disorder in England three in a hundred adults are post um are suffering with it so that could be from any experience from people who worked in the army to people who have had a traumatic childhood or been um who's experienced sexual abuse it's always gonna be there so what it basically is you relive in that moment every day basically it feels like you are having your these are the first aspects of it um when it's just happening all over again even though it could be years ago it will happen to you it's like you're reliving it's like you're reliving the the moments yeah literally reliving um that experience like it's happening live um this would it's a bit (laughs) it's a bit hard to me for me to say it just because I didn't really know that I had it. I just knew that I had anxiety and depression and I thought that the incident that that happened to me when I was younger, I thought I overcame it. And then it came into my late teenage years when it started to become more frequent with me with having anxiety attacks and suffering from depression. Um, so, yeah, that... Um, so I have that. So with people who don't know, it's I'm always anxious. I I always have to I can't sleep at night basically. I'm either I always have a nightmares during the nighttime. I'm afraid of like the dark. I know that sounds really um silly to say, but it's I'm basically sharing my experience through this like this might be someone else might not be someone else's how they live with post-traumatic stress disorder but with me I'm always constantly on edge I'm always anxious about everything I'm always scared like it feels like it it takes away a lot of my happiness and living in the moment basically it's like you're always trapped in the past okay and then in that sense it's kind of hard 
it is kind of hard to do it because you don't know when your emotion is and it's like I know that I'm always sometimes when I have this I'm always like shaking I always feel numb or some days I just can't do anything and that comes into like my depression or my anxiety where I just don't want to leave the house because of it so it sounds like it has a very wide very amount of symptoms they're very different how did how does someone you know deal with it clinically and just in themselves like what did what did you do so um so I've been going to therapy since a young age. So since that incident happened when I was, I don't want to go into that incident because it's just too big of a story. But um, the incident, when that incident happened, I basically went to therapy to live with it because I was always having flashbacks and always having panic attacks with everything. And then it continued and I kind of stopped when I was coming into my early teens with the therapy and then because of what I've said previously about when I started re-entering my late teens again like 18 19 even 20 almost I started having all of these thoughts again flooding through me so I constantly went to therapy therapist I started doing it and sometimes with therapy especially um if you haven't been to therapy in the UK like sometimes you have you recommend it with your doctor and they will make you go on on behalf of NHS so you would have six six sessions with a therapist and if you don't have and after that you would and you still don't feel like you you're not those six sessions enough you can go privately but that's additional money so obviously I don't have additional money so I had to <laughs> maintain those six sessions and say that I was doing okay I was fine and then only recently I've started to go on to antidepressants to help my okay okay what, well so what le- what what led to you making the decision to take the antidepressants well, it was like last year, so like I had I when I'm feeling like this, I have that on my initiative to say, oh, this is happening again. So I'll go and make that decision and call the doctor because I feel like I'm scared of it happening to myself when going into a bad place. So I called the doctors and basically was like crying to the doctors. I was like, I don't know what to do. I feel so overwhelmed. I don't know what's going on anymore. And he basically was like, do you want to try therapist? And I was like, the year, like in 2019, I basically just finished therapy again. And I was like, I can't keep going to therapist to say that I'm all better due to the end of the session and then going back. And I, I can't keep doing that. Do you my, feel like you was my... better at the end of the sixth session? Or do you feel like you was just, do you feel like, yeah, it helped you while you was seeing a therapist for the sixth session? Or do you feel like, you were just you were just following protocol because you knew you only had six sessions so they, there had to be some progress well at this time when I did do the therapy session I was starting to feel more positive and that doesn't okay. that's really affect I really don't feel that effect when it goes to therapy um so I 
I used so when I went to the therapist her hair and I was obviously it was video call and I started to feel better things were starting to look up for me I was doing things that I and I started to take control of what I wanted to do so I left my job I was applying for my MA course I was getting work experience so I felt really positive and it was like yes this is something that I want to be in this is something that I want to do so I genuinely felt happy and that was a rarity for me so I was like yeah for me to and that was in summer for me to go into last year January to cry at my daughters again (laughs) and feel so overwhelmed about everything um for him to suggest about antidepressants now for me antidepressants for me I've tried the longest time to avoid it to avoid it because of I see what it does to people I see like it doesn't make you happy it doesn't make you this it doesn't isn't it like just isn't it just like it's it's basically a way of getting a chemical balance of serotonin in your head isn't that I'm saying in your head that's very ignorant I actually don't know yeah it's basically mood stabilizers it stops you feeling the way you do when you're depressed and you're anxious and stuff like that it just calms that down with you and where I started crying because I was like this is my last resort and and I've been fighting this so long to not go on to it to do this this has to be it and I said this to my doctor I was really open with my doctor my doctor was like like so many people has the misconceptions of being on antidepressants it doesn't just work for you you take it and you can't just say oh that's what I'm going to do and leave it you have to do something where your mind keeps yourself active so if that's working out you you have to work alongside the antidepressants as well if you know okay so it's like it's like eating healthy is going to help you be healthy but if you want to really gear it like push it up even more then go to the gym and do do some sort of physical activity to so So the basically the the pills act like they're healthy healthy eating whilst you go and then do other activities. When you say other activities, what do you mean? So like the way the um, way my doctor said to me, he was like, like have a walk, get your mind active. It's like not not just having just when people take um, antidepressants, they just feel like oh okay that. I should feel something like the click of a buzz because I'm taking right. it and they've so I feel like some people will say like subconsciously they know that it's an antidepressant so they should be happy all the time like that misconception like oh I'm happy I'm happy but no you have to work with it as well and so I was like if I'm on this I'm going to try and work with it so when I started doing that I was going to the gym um, I was going to the gym so that started to make me feel a bit more active um, going on it obviously there was some side effects but that kind of surpassed but going on it it didn't make me feel it made me feel a bit lighter I didn't have so much of these worries and panics and like on my head in my head basically okay cool yeah um, I'm gonna try and speak a little bit and it's gonna sound very ignorant very naive it's gonna offend people but it's not that I'm meaning to offend people and then having someone here like Naomi she's probably gonna try and steer it back onto the right course because as someone who hasn't dealt with anything like that or 
someone who hasn't even dealt with like when people say I'm going through anxiety I don't 100% understand um I don't know if it's because of the way I was raised I don't know if it was because of because in my community in my uh, you know being Indian like you don't deal with emotion it's not a mushy type of a community you don't deal in the mushiness yeah. you basically you're raised you get raised in a certain I'm not saying P Indian people are not loving to their kids and probably mm -hmm. nowadays they're very but I'm just saying when I was young it was like my parents were just very like black and white that's it and um mm -hmm. You know, I remember I went through an experience. It's going to sound so funny when I say it. But whilst you was talking, I was thinking about it. And I was like, it's weird how that didn't affect me. So when you were saying, oh, I went through something and it was like replaying in my head and I would and I it, it will just be like going through it again and again. When I was little, I think I was about six or seven. Um, I used to share a room with my brother and we had bunk beds and um, in my, I don't, it must be in my sleep I don't know but I I felt something touch me in my whilst I was sleeping um, like a mm. hand touched me um, and I, I just remember screaming and I remember my parents coming in and I remember I couldn't stop screaming and my dad actually had to hit slap me not hit me slap me to kind of get me to kind of get conscious again from my screaming and then I remember for a long time my parents would try and get me to sleep in my bedroom me and my brother and I would just start mm. crying every night and and for a, a while we would sleep in their room with them I actually can't remember what made me want to go and sleep in the bedroom again um but we did eventually go back but it's funny because when you were saying you were living it again and again, I'm like, yeah, I was reliving it again. And every single time I wanted to take me back to the bedroom to sleep every night, mm. I would just go into this psycho crying thing. And they would have to be like, mm. OK, let's give in. She'll have, they both have to sleep with us. But it didn't affect me to the point that it became bigger than the the episode for the period of time it was in my life then. And, I'm just, mm. and this is where my ignorance comes in because... I don't 100% understand um, how, okay, I'm, I apologise, I'm going to offend so many people. It's like this to me, and I, and it's like, okay, so something happened and it affected you. Why have we not worked to get past it? Why are we still living there? That, that's, I'm sorry, mm. I know that's offending people. Like, like, what do you think about that, it, Naomi, as someone who's suffering from it? Because it's very easy for me to say that. It, it's really it's like I think as well when you're saying this stuff it's like same thing when I first started getting my my when I started having depression and I must have my dad was like why are you crying now my dad's black as well like you've heard so if you've been following us you know who my, <laughs> like my dad is black and everything like that and it's kind of similar to what you just mentioned as well Sirelin like in the black culture you don't really talk about your mental health yeah. issues you don't really talk about that it's just like that and I just remember like when I um, was on my bunk bed and all I did was cry and my dad was like no why are you crying and he was like really in Hard my ear about understand. it and I was just like, I don't know, like, I'm thinking of things and I'm trying to compute it. Why How I old were you? I'm trying to understand it. This was like in the last okay, couple of years. Fine. So I was like around about 20, okay. 21. This was when I was going through it. And I was just like, I was just like, I'm thinking of it. And my dad's like, Naomi, why don't you answer me? Why are you crying? And I was like, and I never did this before. And I was like, I do not effing know why I'm doing this. I just 
am doing it. I can't give you an answer because if I knew, I would give you the the answer. But I, my mind and is I, not I, doing it. Yeah, doing and it I think me. that's where our two worlds, you as a sufferer of PTSD and me as an mm. outsider to the world of PTSD mm. and some mental health issues, it's a, it's a bit like, like I see where your dad's coming. It's hard. I'm gonna. I'm not gonna mm. lie. It's hard mm. when you haven't experienced something yourself. Yeah. It's like this. Let's just take PTSD and mental health out of it. Let's just take it. Mm. Okay. Let's just say someone's lost their mother. Now I can't. A hundred percent. I can. I can understand of losing someone, and I can feel that pain. But losing a mother, I can't necessarily say I can under empathize mm. with that. So for me, it's really hard to yeah. empathize with that. Or you know, there's yeah. so many people in, in wonderful relationships, strong, sturdy relationships in this world. Let's mm. just imagine that their partner goes and you know cheats on them. Like they can't imagine mm. it. Like I mean, even you probably right now, you're like, I can't even mm. imagine being in that situation. And mm. and I think that's where that. Sorry, sorry, Naomi. One second. And I think that's yeah. where our, and I say ours, and the people who find it hard to understand, um, mm. not not that we don't acknowledge it, though. Don't think we don't acknowledge that there is, you know, mental health issues. It's just that we find it hard to really put ourselves in your in your boat, um, it, that we, we do struggle with it. Yeah, of course. It was like, like I was saying, like, that's when I had to tell my my dad and my dad kind of understand where we he she he I was coming from like I don't even know and it was like when I was going through that breakdown because now when I was going through this breakdown the first breakdown I was thinking shit I'm I'm going through this again like this shit happened to me when I was eight and I don't even know why I'm going through it I thought I came out of this and I thought this wasn't gonna affect me but then now I've got not just that that traumatic past on top of me, I've got the depression coming on top of me and then the anxiety where I could be with my family and I could just be crying because I don't understand why I'm crying because my the body, like for people who's, who's got this, um, the mental health issue and post-traumatic stress disorder, it just pops up in your head. You could be laughing with your family and you're just frozen and it would just be, these images coming back to you and this is how much like those certain images has come up to me so many times where I've started shaking uncontrollably or screaming uncontrollably and then on top of that that's my PTSD side coming in and then I got my depression anxiety where these thoughts are just like you're useless you're this that because you're not strong enough to mentally take it on but it's like Jesus it is exhausting you're taking on not just the things in your past that you thought you've overcome but you're taking on this whole new wave can I ask you a question so you know like you said you went through something when you were eight and you don't need to discuss it it's okay but like was that Mm. the first time when when I what I wanted to establish is when was the first time you heard of the word, word breakdown? I didn't heard of the word <laughs> breakdown until my first breakdown when they were like, "Oh, you, you what? Like, what, what, what do you down. mean yeah. at eight, eight years <laughs> old, or do you mean older? No, not at, uh, older. When I was twenty one, when I went through my first and who breakdown was the person was to who was the person to give it that label? Was it was it some was it a doctor? It wasn't a doctor. I don't know. I think it was one of my family members. I can't... All of that is kind of really like a blur because when I was eight, when that that stuff happened to me, 
all I knew it was this. All I heard it. If I had a panic attack, they were just like, oh, Naomi's having a panic attack. Naomi's like crying. She's just shaking uncontrollably. Naomi's having that. That's where that's where I started to understand, oh, these are the side effects. And when I'm going into this um, therapy, they were like, yeah, you're having a flash pa- a panic attack because okay. of that. So there was someone thing. who was actually more yeah. in the field and, who could determine what I mean yeah and then I didn't really know what I had and then I I think this is the first time I heard of PTSD and I was walking to the shop with my mom and my mom goes Naomi you got PTSD and I was like what is that like what is that she goes post-traumatic stress disorder like this is the incident that when you happen it's quite it you haven't let been go able of it. to get rid of, yeah. it, of it really and it's actually kind of sad because this is where it it's a bit upsetting for me just because it's like it's affected so many people that I love like it's not just affected the people that I love as well it's affected my life on a of daily basis life, yeah. yeah on a daily basis where I can't sleep at night so I have to sleep in the day just to get just to to just so I could rest because as soon as I at night time all of these thoughts is come that because of the pills you're taking or is that because that's how it's always affected you it's always been like that it's before I was on the pills that was always like that do you ever did you ever just think of living your life just switched up I, I tell you what I mean <laughs> that sounds so mad that I said that to probably people listening no because when I'm going through some sort of stress it's it has to be emotional stress not just like oh my god I haven't got a dress to do something well it's lockdown no one's doing nothing but do you know understand? it's not got to be something frivolous it's got to be something quite serious that is like really deep and emotional and I'm not good at letting stuff out so I kind of internalize it and then what happens the one thing I noticed, well, no, the one thing I always notice is that I do not get a full Mm. night's sleep. I wake up randomly at three o'clock. It'll be like, there'll be a time that I wake up at the night and it'll be like the same time. I'm always waking up again. So it's like, I might go sleep at nine, but I'll be up about, um, uh, if I go sleep at nine, I'll be up at two. But if I go sleep at my normal time, which is around about 11 midnight, I'm always up about three or four. And it's just consistent up, up, up. And, yeah. When it first started happening, it was yeah. tiring because it was like, whoa, you know, I feel so tired. Then I started implementing little things. Don't look at the time because if you look at the time, you're going to know what time mm-hmm. you've woken up. And then during lockdown, though, um, I went through a period where I was stressed out and I thought to myself, Suellen, you're not going to work tomorrow. Your work is in the living room. Get up and do some other stuff that you know you're meant to be doing. Mm-hmm. So I know yeah. that other people would not recommend this, but for me, I mm-hmm. just made that time where I'd be up productive. I might do something really mm-hmm. like just completely different. I might be like, you know, I'm going to listen to some motivational videos that will get me yeah. thinking and hopefully make me go back to sleep. Or I might be like, okay, I'm going to listen to, um, not listen, I'm going to, I'm going to do some, I'm going to look at, I don't know, something online that I need to kind of like, mm-hmm. um, I don't know some spreadsheet or something about my money or something or just something I just like to do productive stuff and that's what I started doing like do you think to yourself okay well I'm awake at night let me just you know get on with things that need to be done this I know we've talked about this before in person and it's like this is where it's so weird because it's like a I don't know it's a counterproductive so 
at night, even though I'm I'm physically tired, I am drained, my mind is still racing. So even that energy is like, I don't even want to do anything. I want, to, my body wants to be in bed. My mind's just physically just running. I'm just like... That's literally, yeah, that is literally yeah, how I feel. I'm like lying there still. Yeah. My mind's running 100 miles per hour. And I'm like, you know what? I'm not going to let you run. You're going to run about something that I want you to run about. But, but it's, I don't even, I don't even, I am so, it feels like I'm so weak. I don't even have that, that control. That's why I feel like, even when I go, like, especially throughout these three lockdowns, where it is it, weird because I started on a high and now in this lockdown, I've started in, like, I'm dipping, mm-hmm. so, like, crashing okay. and burning in this due to this. And um, throughout the second lockdown, I was sleeping a lot, sleeping a lot during the day. And then even when I woke up, like, even in like, I couldn't sleep. I was going to, like, I was doing all of these things. And I, da- I started researching it. And it's like, you, you do have a, you're waking up, going to the toilet constantly is a level of anxiety. It's your anxiety that's doing this to you. So even when I did go to sleep, I would sleep at 6am and then wake up at 10. And then I was like, no, but at one o'clock, I need to go to sleep because I am tired. It was just that. So like, what, you know, you know, like, okay, so this is just going to a different direction. So they've said that you've got anxiety. Mm. They said that you've got PTSD. What are the remedies apart from taking the antidepressant? Like what are the, and, and seeing a therapist, but obviously not everybody's got money to go and see a therapist. What are the other actual recommendations? Would you give recommendations based on what you've been through or what have you been recommended to say, okay, well, why don't you try this? Uh, the thing is, I can't really talk on how people do it either because it's their relation, it's their personal journeys. So with mine, from my way I've done it, I've been really open to my family members because they've seen me like this and they've been seeing me like this in the longest t- time. And like I said to you earlier, I was open mm-hmm. to my parents mm-hmm. with how I felt. Um I've also been open to the pair, um, my boyfriend and his family because I live with him and his family, and I've been open about. So being the, the open, thing, so. just to understand, has allowed you to feel comfortable that your loved ones know and support you. Yeah, yeah. It's that. It's that kind of reassurance, even though you, even though you feel like your mind doubts that a lot, like oh, you're a burden to them because you're having this again t- and stuff like that. And that's where I've came from. And it, it's like, well, if even if like with my boyfriend and I'm having a bad day, I'm like, and he's like, and he knows that my attitude, my demeanor, and even when I start talking, it starts going into a dark place. And even I have to say to him, let me just let this leave me to let it out do not just like leave me just to get it out basically and he'll be like okay before he before this in the early days of our relationship during the breakdown when we had he used to like when he saw me used to have an anxiety attack and bearing with me as bearing in mind before before I used to expose this to I used to try and hide it so much that I was having anxiety and it even got more annoying and more overwhelming because I was having anxiety in front of him and he didn't know what to do so I thought it'd be more embarrassing like um for him to be looking at me like oh no I can't do this shit fuck that shit no no but he's actually came into it and goes like name here's a funny video 
and I start laughing at it and it just gets my mind off it those kind of those techniques okay or even me just needing a hug like if I say I need a hug it just makes me have a reassurance like oh I feel love like I feel this and this is a bit easier so to offload it just by so your family now and your and your you know people that you love know and they're there to support you obviously your boyfriend has worked out a strategy which is to distract you with something that makes you laugh what 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 strategies have you put in place for yourself so it's really hard because it goes by Mm -hmm. day and day with it so if my mind goes Naomi you need to do this <laughs> and I'm like yes I'm gonna do it and then but I don't take on so it's like no and then it's like no and then by the end of the night it'd be like no you didn't do what you said you was gonna do to yourself so what I've kind of done as well like I've done a lot of I've been doing a lot of throughout this lockdown going on youtube videos and having those meditation of like you're loved that you're right. aware because it's so easy for me not to i always feel like oh people are with me just to tolerate me or i don't have that self-love in me so i have to go through that meditation where i'm just like lying just to relax myself that's interesting so so not not to say this in a disrespectful way to you or anybody else out there Mm -hmm. like you mentioned about self-love do you feel it's a Mm -hmm. it it, I don't know but I don't know what the best way to word this is do you feel like it's a sense of insecurity to yourself like there is a missing part of loving yourself that really spurs this forward yeah yeah, I think it it really does. I feel like when we talk about the PTSD, I always like I I was like if that incident never happened to me, I don't think I would be that person that has all of these issues with me or my mental health would be like my mind would be a lot stronger on on tackling certain issues like what you said like like in that incident of where you was going into the room and like you just overcome it this is this yeah and this is why I find it it hard when someone's talking to me I can't it's not that I don't acknowledge it like I said I acknowledge that the way you're thinking and the way you're not you specifically but someone it's different to me however where where a bit of the ignorance comes in it's like well well, why don't you just do this and it's like well no that's not gonna work for that person so well come on this is this is the thing is like because you've never experienced this and this is how many you you don't know how many times that I've been with my boyfriend and we've talked about this so much where I've actually kind of got like honestly I feel like resent <laughs> so much resenting because I was like, I wish I just want to take all of this that I'm feeling and put it into you and for me to just for you to say certain things to me and it's like you trying to motivate me that's not how you're gonna yeah I don't think my tactics would work yeah yeah my your how you talking to me that doesn't you can't talk to me like that whether I I even said this to my dad as well like you can't speak to me in that way because you think you're motivating no you're just it feels like you're just putting me down because I'm not I'm overly sensitive and he's like yeah but name you know I was like but dad it doesn't look like that it doesn't look like you're trying to help like even with my boyfriend it doesn't look like you're trying to help even if you're joking it doesn't find I don't find that funny it's overly me I'm super sensitive with things and that's really Mm. bad yeah 
Well, this has been a very um, in-depth conversation with Naomi and a really good way to understand you know a person who suffers from it really get into their head and understand and and I think it's been a good conversation because then you've got me on the other end who's like well okay let's talk about this and understand because I really feel like I don't and to me why is it that we can't just get over things and you've kind of done a really good job of breaking it down so I just want to say thank you to Naomi to basically I suppose really a vulnerable part of herself out because it's not easy you know I, I think this thing the, the probably things that we will discuss that will be difficult for me too. And I, and I know this was one for Naomi. So thank you for that. Thank you for letting us inside mm. your experiences yeah. and in your head. It, I just want to say that if people is going through this or especially now going through a traumatic experiences, there's helplines that are like Samaritans, mine, organisations that if you don't feel like you can't talk to your loved ones, go and those organizations are there to help you and everything's confidential in that part as well and even if you do feel like you're overwhelmed just try and like use the initiative and try to get ahead of it where you could go to your doctors and say listen this is the things that I'm feeling I'm not liking it because I've done this several times where I have to be honest with myself instead of suppressing those thoughts after like these are the roots that I need yeah. to take now and I'm still learning every day how to adjust to it or try to do something different to make me feel like I'm stronger (laughs) like those little steps and even though you feel like these steps are like oh people are gonna think that I'm letting you down or stuff like no these are small wins to you these are small wins and you're gonna have to celebrate those small wins I've definitely have to realize those small wins for me is like not taking a nap during the day me thinking of other things and expanding my mindset and teaching myself how to do it. Those are my small wins, how to do those things. So please just reach out, even if it's your friend. If you see those those similar things, ask them. Don't be afraid to ask them. They're going to be always certain denial parts of them, but like their steps of support yeah I just want to say as well even though I'm coming from a different sort of point of view just because of my lack of understanding of it um you know if you do like I can relate to being something physical you know like I remember um that I was getting it's gonna sound really mad what I'm talking about I was getting this bloating when I would eat I'd literally eat and bloat straight away and it was really uncomfortable and I remember going to the doctor and saying to the doctor look this was happening and she turned around and said to me um do you know what this happens this this is very very common and I was like this is not common because if it was I would have not come to you and accepted it and this is what I want to say to people out there like if there's something you feel mentally is not feeling right to you then you should definitely go and seek some professional help doesn't matter what anybody else thinks doesn't matter what your friends and family think your your health your mental health your health in general is your responsibility number one and you know no one else is going to carry you um other than yourself so if you feel like okay I don't understand what's going on I don't Mm. get it I don't I I can't make sense of this to go and seek some Mm. professional advice that can give you some sort Mm. of guidance towards what might be going on
Yeah, sorry, you just touched on yeah, something. Yeah, yeah, We're going to sure. end it after this. But you just touched on something. Even when, even like what Sarah just mentioned, you have to be aware, like, not just your mental health, but your physical health. Your body Definitely. is telling you that Definitely. something's not right as well. And that go, and that also plays it, um, I was doing research, and that also plays in tune of what you can do. Where if your body's, like I said earlier, I was going to toilet all stages of the night. And I was like, God, I, I, I don't even drink that much. For me to go to toilet, I, it turns out when I was researching it, it's due to your mm. anxiety. Because mm. you're going to toilet now. Those little things is your body telling you, you are unhappy as well. This is just catching, like your body is just telling you before your mind just says, yeah. no, I'm unhappy. So just make sure you have those right steps and those a bit a, the one, I can't say this enough, but the strong support system for people to understand and also help yourself to understand and teach yourself, like, this is not going to be like this all the time. They're going to be in bad days. I'm going to have to embrace those bad days and come out of it. And then tomorrow will be a better day, a stronger day for Okay, me. so that is a wrap for today's episode. So I'm going to say goodbye from me. And we, Bye, will, guys. we will be back next week. Bye. Thank you for taking our time to listen to us. We appreciate all of you, especially the ones who made it to the end. Please follow us on Instagram at When in Doubt Unfiltered. This is where we'll drop a hint of our next episode if you're hooked. And of course, comment, DM and show us some love.